What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again on our on our trip down 1997. And, of course, that means we got another classic pay-per-view review for you guys. But before we get to that, I do have to introduce the man who will be joining me for this classic pay-per-view review. As always, the man who loves classic wrestling more than anybody else on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one... The only Gator Ricky Ross. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's kind of like uh, Johnny Carson when they when they put the clap machine on and then he comes and then the guy comes out. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes, children. Yes, children. Uh, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood down here. I didn't have anything prepared for this part of the show. So. We're just going to jump into this, some bitch. No, we're just going to chat for a minute. Mr. Boudreaux, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Now that we're finally able that's, to do this. That, that's thing. good. That's good. That's good. Mr. Boudreaux, I'm mad. Okay. Why, why are you mad, Mr. Gator? Why, why, because why are you the man at the store would not show me a black trench coat in the M80. Oh, dick. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. Okay, I think we did it. We're good. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry to hear that, but we got more important things we need to get to here, ladies and gentlemen. Because as you know, once again, this is a classic pay-per-view review. And as I mentioned before, we're taking a little stroll down 1997. Uh, we're hitting some Hang 97s. on, wait a minute, Mr. Bootrey. I'm standing in the mirror. Candyman. Candyman. Don't, don't do it again. Candyman. I wait. Waiting for Willy Wonka to show the fuck up. I'm hungry. Candyman. That's not the Candyman that they're referring to, Gator. Yes, it, yes it is, Mr. Budget. Who can make the sunrise? That's Willy Wonka. Sorry, hey, hey, wrong hey, one. Hey. I actually remember that trailer. That was actually the trailer for that Candyman uh, movie. But they did. They played it like, who can make the sunrise? And there's a girl looking in the mirror going, Candyman. And all of a sudden it goes, Doom. sorry, wrong one. And then it shows all the horror shit that's about to happen with the dude and the bees and the hook for the hand. I'm talking about the good Willy Wonka, not the Johnny Depp shitty version. We don't talk about that. That didn't exist. We don't talk about that one. It's I'm non-existent. Talking about, I'm talking about Gene Wilder. I need Gene Wilder to come through the mirror. That's that's not how it works. It's not that Candyman. It's Candyman. Candyman. <sighs> I mean, I'm white, so I'm not worried about a black man with a hook. I'm just saying, when you say Candyman three times in a mirror, that's who comes out. The black guy with the hook and the bees. No, it's five times. First off, watch the no, movies. It's, three. Watch, it's the, three. watch the film. Watch the film. Okay. Now, you, you did unless not it was a reboot and added two more, it was always three times. No, it's five. I am looking this shit up right now. I did we'll not. Be, we'll wait. We'll wait. The rest I of us will not wait. I'm going to talk We should not be wasting time on this shit, but I cannot allow myself to be out debated on this by a 26 year old. I am fucking yep, gonna go find ahead. this shit. Okay. God damn it. This was not what I had signed Bloody up for. Mary. Bloody Mary is three times asshole. Yeah, that's, yeah Bloody Mary. Okay. Candyman. It became a cult classic. Fuck. Okay. Let's go to 1992. Uh, Candy Chance uh, leads to Legend of the Candyman. Researching urban legends. Legend of the Candyman. A spirit who kills anyone who says his name. As in, um... How many times? <laughs> How many times? I have no comments. <laughs> How many times did they say it? I don't have the movie on or anything, so I wouldn't know. Well, researching urban legends, University of Illinois, Chicago, semiotics graduate student Helen Lyle learns of the Candyman, a spirit who kills anyone who says his name five times in front of a mirror. Okay. 
Okay, the 26-year-old is one. Thank y'all very much. This has been the Boochcast. We'll see you next time. Pizza, bitches. It's pizza, baby, and we're not done yet. Okay, as you oh, know, no, ladies and gentlemen. That one. Yes, Gator. Yeah, I'm I'm eating humble pie, ladies and gentlemen. That's... I won, children. I won. Uh, yes. Happy Halloween. Yes. But ladies and gentlemen, that's not what we're here for. The Halloween is actually going to be next week. Uh, not the holiday, oh. but the pay-per-view we're going to be reviewing. That's next week. But this week, we got another classic pay-per-view review. Now, again, for those of you who are new to the show, here's how this works. Gator and I took a look at classic pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, and ECW. And we look at them from the perspective of not just two people who are fans of wrestling, but also from the perspective of two people who work in the business. Gator is, of course, he's been a wrestler, a manager, a referee, a booker, a teacher at a school. He's pot the popcorn. I've done a lot of shit. Yes, he's covered the world of wrestling. I myself have been a a commentator, ring announcer, done street team shit that I never want to fucking do again. Uh, I've been a manager in the ring and out of the ring. So I've pretty much got the industry covered as well. So we've got a lot of experience in the business, and we apply that knowledge to pay-per-views from the past. And this week, we're getting into Fall Brawl 1997. Yes, Fall Brawl. Children, you know what this means. It's time for... Mr. Budrenna, can I do the gimmick, or do you want to do the gimmick? Go do the gimmick. Wait, what War Games! I can't do a British accent. Yes. War Games! Yes. So, that's right. And, of course, uh, this is from... The Lawrence Joe Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yes, home of WrestleCade. Yes. And it, it had 11,939 people in attendance. The tagline was... The Home of Wrestle Cage. Yes. The tagline is the rage in the cage. So, Which is also home of WrestleCade. Yes, we know. It's the home of WrestleCade. I'm not done. Go ahead. Okay. So, and that, of course, is the big event we got here. And, of course, on commentary, we got Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, Mike Tanay, Larry Zbysko, Gene Oakland doing the interviews, Michael Buffer and David Penzer as the ring announcers and the referees, Randy Anderson, Mark Curtis, Scott Dickinson, Mickey J, and, of course, the senior official, Nick Patrick. And Nick Patrick, Nicky P. Exactly. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to get into the Fall Brawl 97. We kick things off with our first official match of the evening for the WCW Cruiserweight title. Chris Jericho defends the title against Eddie Guerrero. Alright, so there's no real backstory here, just Guerrero suddenly deciding to kill everyone in his path on the way to the title. Various hair-pulling shenanigans to start. Jericho is his bouncing babyface deal and it's not really that effective. Some nice mat work here, both ways, with neither guy able to gain an advantage. Jericho dumps Eddie on the top rope, then hits the line salt for a two count. Eddie comes back and works on his back. Long sequence of submission moves from Eddie, including a gory special, which is reversed into the walls of Jericho, a.k.a. the Lion Temor. Yes, the crowd surprisingly is digging this shit, even with the more psychological stuff that normally they like to boo. But they're in North Carolina, so it's it's some different shit. Eddie tries to walk the ropes like the Undertaker, but gets crotched. Jericho makes his comeback, uh, looks to powerbomb Guerrero off of the Epperin, but instead drops him throat first on the top rope. Back in the ring, a series of reversals leads to Eddie getting a urinagi. 
Jericho recovers with a power slam for two. Leg lariat. He gets another two. Eddie reverses for a cradle. Eddie shifts his weight during a suplex move. They land on top of a stunned Jericho. Then he hits the frog splash. One, two, three. Eddie wins the title. Terrific match. Lots of fun to watch. Great cruiserweight action. Absolutely. It was very fast-paced, but there was moments of storytelling during the rest time, which I enjoyed. It wasn't like it was just, here, hold me. Exactly. Uh, Eddie does a lot of complaining in this match, uh, which I guess fits the gimmick because he's a heel. Uh, I assume he's the heel. The apron spot was sloppy and stupid. I felt that didn't need to be there. They dropped the ball on that heavily. Um, These guys have been friends for years, and it shows with the chemistry they have because these are guys who have roomed together, traveled together, were inseparable, you know, in the early years. And and that Eddie countered the superplex and hit the frog splash for the win. Um, great opening match. Very much enjoyed it. And you can see these guys are. You can see they have main event level written all over them just from this match alone. Yes, yes, they do. Terrific match. Like I said, if you're gonna pick one to watch from this particular show, this would be it. Yes. And on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. We've got some tag team action. The Steiner Brothers with Ted DiBiase versus Harlem Heat with Miss Jacqueline. All right. Harlem Heat comes out and says sucker all the way to the motherfucking ring because they black. This was during their Jacqueline phase as WCW stuck her with them because again, they're all black. No, really, that's the reason this was amazing, though. Yet another number one contender match that which made about four or five over the course of 1997 total. Stevie Ray starts out with a big bad booty daddy and actually dominates. You know, Scott actually looks smaller at this point, which is scary. Not much going on as Scott plays freak in peril for a little while before getting the hot tag. Suplex-arama leads to a double-team suplex with Scott clotheslining Stevie Ray on the way up as Rick suplex him for the pin. One one, two, three, there you go. Yes. It was just a tag team match. This was not like it was, was okay, this was not the first match. No. First uh, match was great. This was blah. Yeah. Scott and Stevie kind of start things off. Uh, Stevie rocks Scott in the beginning, but he later responds with a hit toss and a beat down, but Steve quickly regains control with a big boot and a sidewalk slam. I loved the back and forth action between these guys. I loved yeah. the back and forth action. I loved the fact they were able to make everything run very smoothly. So Booger gets tagged in at one point locks in a full Nelson on Scott. That shocked the shit out of me. Scott eventually broke out. That didn't shock me. I was like, yep, that, that's what I would expect to happen. Uh, Booger comes off the top and doesn't look like he was trying to do anything except jump into Scott's arms. That looked fake as fuck to me. I thought that was stupid. I don't know what the hell he was trying to do there, but it just looked dumb on Booger's part. That really was. Harlem Heat likes to tag in and out, which is good. Uh, Steiner Brothers wait for the right time to tag each other in. I've noticed that difference. Like, Harlem Heat's very good with the quick tags. Steiner's are like, we'll you know, find our spot. We'll, so just, we'll, just, we'll just work it. <laughs> yes, there's lots of tagging. AEW should take notes on this. Uh, yes. Steiner hits yes. a combination. They don't know how to do that. Yeah, Steiner hits a combination Larry and German suplex for the win. So, eh, was it was it an exciting edge of your seat match? No, but like, like Gator said, it was blah. It was there, but it had its moments. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the WCW TV title. Alex Wright defends the gold against Ultimo Dragon. More cruiserweight bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> 
Dragon goes after Reich quickly, prompting Reich to stall. Dragon <laughs> carries him through a mat sequence, then unleashes his kick combo. Reich bails out. He gets a stun gun to gain control. He proceeds to do a chin lock on Dragon into oblivion. This was a lot of back and forth shit. Again, it's a lot of cruiserweight action, high fast pace, not a bad match, still not beating the open. Yeah, this was this is a very boring dumbass match. Uh, you got Dragon botched a spinning heel kick. Uh, Alex does a Styles clash and a lot of basic moves with no flair. He's just going through the motions. Now a lot of these moves I've seen them Bro. do before, and I felt their styles didn't mesh together well. Their styles ain't alike. They just did not complement each other. You can have different styles; they complement each other. These guys did not complement each other the least bit. But I do give the commentators credit for covering up the botch and trying to get the audience at home to care. Because here are the facts about being a commentator that people don't know. Gator and I know this we've both done commentary. Even if you don't give a shit what's going on in that ring, your job is to make them care. Even if you're looking at this match and in the back of your mind you're going this match is the shitty. You still have to act like it's a great match. You have to get the audience at home to be excited about a match they have no business being excited about. They're not trust me, most commentators when they're looking at a match, we're very much aware that the match we're looking at is the drizzling shits. You know it, I know it, everybody knows it. But we still have to get you excited. So if you see a commentator getting excited over a match that is the shits, they're not stupid, they're doing their job. That's what their job is. Amen. Then, once the match is over, if those commentators have a podcast or are a guest on a podcast or how did you get through that match? I don't know, it fucking sucked. Like, that's it. Like, if I'm commentating a match and it sucks, when on the TV show, I'm gonna say it's great. When I come back to the Boochcast, I'll be the first one to tell you. That match sucked. I don't know how I got through that. That's simple. So that's their job. So I give them credit for that. But this match was, I wish somebody would whack me in the head so I could see some stars because there was none in this ring and there's none to give. Now, on that note, (laughs) yes, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Dean Malenko versus Jeff Jarrett with Deborah. Uh, Side note, let me just say, I'm very peppy and peppy right now, uncompared to last week where I was almost dead because I'm on some really good pain medication and half a Bud Light. (laughs) So I don't know if that's evident. I thought something was different about you. I'm in lots of pain, but Vicodin and Bud Light, Mr. Bridgerelli, duty disclaimer. Do not mix Vicodin and Bud Light, even though separately they are both gifts from the baby Jesus. Yes, yes, they are. Yes, thank you, Leonard Skinner. Anyway, (laughs) thank you. We love you. Anyway, I'm in good shape right now. Anyway, did you notice that Jeff's uh, theme song was just recycled into fucking, there's some good old boys, never meaning no harm. It's all you'd ever saw, been in trouble with the law. I didn't notice that till just now. And now you can't unhear it. I can't at all. No, 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 no. Uh, By the way, puppies. We got puppies. Did you not see the puppies? I saw the puppies. We got puppies. And their cute little pink nose. Anyway, he sends puppies back to the dressing room and we all get mad. Slow start, boring match. Malenko doesn't seem particularly inspired. Skip ahead about 12 minutes. They do this pinfall reverse sequence that gets a few two counts. Uh, Jarrett manages to clip Malenko out of nowhere. Gets the figure four and the submission. This is just blah. Yeah. Um, this is also the time when when Jarrett bolted the WWF with Deborah, and we get puppies over there. Yes. 
So I, I for one love that Jeff. Yes, I for one love that Jeff sent Deborah to the back because I thought it was great mind games for a heel to do. And for most of this match, they has fight. That was pretty much the majority of this match. They has fight. Um, there was great technical yeah, exactly. wrestling mixed in, but still they has fight. And Jeff won via submission. And I had here. Here's the thing that that bugged the shit out of me. And I'd love somebody to explain it to me because I haven't figured it out. Okay. What the fuck did Deborah come back for? She had no bearing on the outcome of the match. That was stupid. If you're if you're gonna bring the, the valet back out, she didn't hit Malenko. She didn't distract Malenko. She did fucking nothing. Probably did uh, mean to, and she fucked up the spot because Deborah was known for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying she was st- she was standing there like a spare prick at the wedding. She did nothing. Oh god, not the spare prick at the wedding. Like, just nothing. Anyway, anyway, we get double J, double E, double F, double R, double T. I fucked that all completely up. That's what happens, children, when you mix Vicodin and Bud Light. Yes, yes. All right, so do you have anything else to say about this, or can we move on to something more interesting? We're moving on! Yes, to something more interesting. We got some tag team action here in the next match of the evening. We got Wrath and Mortis with James Vandenberg versus the Faces of Fear. Who's better than Mortis? Nobody. <laughs> Sorry, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> and now a poem by Gator Ricky Ross. Darwin man, no matter how well behaved, is merely a gorilla, well shaved. What? Larry Zabisco said this during the fucking show, during this match. So let's put it down that he is a supporter of the Kansas City School Board, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> Mortis takes a pretty good beating as this round. Barbarian does a nice power bomb. Love you, Barb. Um, <laughs> Mortis, with an assistance from Ming in the form of a backdrop, uh, gets a two. This is just a big ass hoss fight, really. Uh, Canyon carried these fucking three guys. Let's just be honest. <laughs> pretty much. I believe that. That's what happened. Who better than Mortis? Nobody. Exactly. Yes. Um, by the way, uh, if you want to know more about Mortis, uh, we have a video on the YouTube channel, the uh, Double Life of Mortis uh, dropped uh, on the Boochcast uh, YouTube channel. Go check that out. So, Mortis and Barbarian start things off, and I thought it was because Barbarian manhandles Mortis, which is something you don't see often, is Mortis getting manhandled or just the shit beat out of him. Uh, you didn't see that often in the Mortis gimmick, so Barb was just going to town. Meng and Wrath, they has fights. This is another one of those they has fight situations. Faces of Fear do a back body drop into a powerbomb. Great tag team move right there. I fucking love... Dude, I jumped out of my chair when I fucking saw that. That was an awesome... Because I'd never seen that move done before, and they did it so fluently. It was awesome. That was amazing work right there. And Meng and Barbarian work well together as a team. I'm surprised they... I don't recall... Were they ever the tag team champions? Because if not, they should have been. Uh, probably not. They should have been. They were They were really damn good. Now, Wrath and Mortis, not so much, except for the Netbreaker powerbomb combo. Did anybody think they were a good tag team? I didn't feel it. Never felt really they were a good tag team. No, no, not really. I was never a fan of of the Mortis gimmick. I mean, my favorite gimmick was. Do you really want to? Okay, okay, you made your point. Uh, God damn it! I gotta finish the song. Do you really want? You're getting squirrely. More than Wrath do a double team superplex where Mortis got on Wrath's shoulders and superplexed him while Wrath did an electric chair drop. That yeah, was actually I really like good. It. Mang then does a double a double tongue and death grip to James and Mortis. You know what it was, Mr. Boudreaux? What? It's electric. Dun, 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 
Thank you. Rav hits the death penalty for the win. So uh, those were the spots in the match that I particularly enjoyed. And like I said, it was it was a fight, but it was a good fight. Uh, on that Bye. note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Scott Norton versus the Giants. What in the ever-loving fuck was this? <laughs> What in the hillbilly, no good, South Carolina, North Carolina, stub my toe on the end of the fucking coffee table, come out good old boy, with a meaning no harm, Jeff Jarrett looking fucking mullet sucking motherfucking bullshit was this? I, I don't know. This is a goddamn clusterfuck. Kidding. Moving on. This was a horse fight from hell. Yes. Um. They has fights. Uh. These are two big men who rarely get overpowered. Uh. Norton gets overpowered this one time, despite the fact that he was able to hold his own. And uh, the giant at one point does a kip up or a nip up, whatever the fuck the term is. And I wrote in parentheses, big men should not do that. No. No. That does not look good. Again. Would you like me to go back to the beginning? Uh. Yes, please. What in the ever? loving no good fucking hillbilly no teeth having gum job motherfucking bullshit is this exactly this was uh the giant making uh, the mistake that he's not supposed to make you're a giant wrestle like a giant you're not supposed to nip up never nip up as a giant never nip God. children listen to your uncle get it never nip if you're over six feet five inches never nip up Yes, and in fact, this actually brings up an interesting topic that I heard on a separate like Reddit topic where people said, why did the cruiserweight division fail in WWE and someone gave the best answer? The answer was, is because all the moves they do, the top guys do. So why are they special? Best answer ever. That's what made the cruiserweight special. The other guys didn't fucking do their shit. Everybody wrestled differently, so everyone looks special instead of everybody looking the same. Anyway, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got Diamond Dallas Page and Lex Luger versus Scott Hall and Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Okay, this match, like most of the card, is a rematch from Clash 31 in August of 97. The one with the Vulture, you remember? You know, total crap match. With the build-up being for Hall taking out referee Mark Curtis. Rest in peace. Brian Hildebrand, we love you. Mickey J tries to help, but gets beaten like fuck. Larry Zabisco, he gets more airtime than any fucking person in WCW ever should get, and charges from the goddamn announce position, takes matters into his own hands, executes his dreaded finisher, the seven minutes of stalling of death, then allows Luger to cradle Hall from behind. Zabisco counts the bogus bullshit pin. This is total junk and, and is complete and total waste of fucking time in 10 minutes of our life and 11 seconds that we cannot get back. This is a no disqualification match, and it was 10 minutes and 19 seconds to be exact. And so Hall and Luger start things off. One thing I learned in this match, Luger loves to yell and flex. I, I That was a little note I put there because that happened a lot. Uh, Larry Zabisco says Scott is an overrated wrestler. Really? You know who's overrated? Who? Guy that was on TV more than anybody else in the entire fucking show. Larry Zabisco. Exactly. Luger takes out both Hall and Savage with double clotheslines and gorilla push slams. Savage out of the ring onto Hall who rolled out of the ring. Thought that was pretty cool. Dallas gets beat down by Randy and Liz. Hall knocks out the referees, just starts knocking referees out, which is interesting since uh, they don't have many left, so I don't know how, they only got like, what, one, two, three, four, five. So, uh, I think it's because it's the second to last 
match. He can knock out the referees. And I'm pretty sure Nick Patrick's the only one doing the main event. So I guess it was safe. Um, but then Larry Snaps comes down to the ring, gets his hands on Scott Hall. Luger was caught between the rings. So Luger eventually sees up behind Hall while they're taunting each other. Hall shoves Larry. Larry shoves him back. That leads to the roll up for the one, two, three, which there was an ODQ match. So it's not like there was, it's anything goes. So I guess. May, may I? May, may I? May I? Go ahead. Go ahead. Wrestling. Yes. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have now reached the main event of the evening. The War Games. We've got the Four Horsemen versus the NWO. Yes, let us go through who they are. Uh, the NWO consists of Kevin Nash, Sid Conan, and Vinny's, Vinny's boss, Buff Bagwell. <laughs> then we have Chris Benoit, Vinny's favorite wrestler, uh, Ric Flair, Mungo, and Kurt Henning. Ah, this match was signed due to the infamous NWO parody skit, of course. Uh, Henning is uh, persona non grata following the beating earlier in the evening. Uh, Buff starts out against Benoit and gets killed. Total carnage. I fucking love it. Sorry, video game reference there. Just saying. It's fucking great. The heroes misses... The, my hero misses the uh, swan ton and then fucking buff takes over. However, both guys bump all over the place. Heels win the coin toss. Conan's in. Benoit gives it a go, but gets DDT. Mongo's in. Then all hell breaks loose. Six is in. Gets destroyed by Benoit. Much to the announcer's delight. Uh, six was a human pinball machine machine kind of thing going on at this point. They bounce all over the fucking place. The other guys get in. Finally, Henning threatens to slam Flair's head in the door. Mongo fucking taps. Henning does it anyway. It's a depressing ending to an overall great fucking show. It was just not what you wanted, okay? Yeah. Okay. So, Buff Bagwell starts things off for the NWO. Chris Benoit starts things off for the Four Horsemen. Benoit beats the fuck out of Buff, basically. Uh, Chris goes for a diving headbutt. Stupid thing to do in a cage with a lid. Can I just say that? Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a cage with a lid, and there's not much space, but I'm still going to jump off the top rope. Turns out he was brain dead even back then. So, the only good is that it allowed Buff to finally get some offense in. About fucking time. Conan comes in, and Benoit fights them both off. Here was my biggest gripe with this war games match it doesn't allow the heels to get their heat nope that bothered me so much in this war games match now they eventually get the upper hand as well they should conan and buff do a lot more taunting than fighting but when they do fight they back it up which is great uh great showmanship in the war games mono comes in to even up the odds now there needs to be a beat down six comes in next and benoit catches him again not allowing the heels to get their heat this only works if the if you you use the numbers game for the heels to get their heat. And they weren't doing that throughout this whole match. Mongo slams six onto the lid of the cage. I thought that was an awesome spot. Love that. Ric Flair come, comes in and makes the comeback. Eventually, Kevin Nash comes in and he dominates. About time someone in the NWO does. Buff is great talking to the camera with the whole, we got him again. He looks awesome. Buff is shining in this. Flair low blows six, and Buff continues to taunt him and gets low blowed as well, to which I replied, Vinny is not, not prejudiced towards his client at all. At all? Who is at all? Well, you're about to see that I'm not, because Flair low blows six, Buff continues to taunt him and gets low blowed as well, to which I replied, why the fuck would he do that? Did he not see six get low blowed? That didn't make any fucking sense. 
Still want to say I'm biased? Anyway, Kerhenny comes in. He takes off the sling to reveal he's not hurt. Swings around some handcuffs, then hits Mongo and tosses the cuffs to Nash. Uh, hits Benoit, tosses cuffs to Conan. Then Kurt beats down Flair with help from Buff and Six as everyone is shocked. This was an awesome swerve. And here's why. It's one of the few times, even if you're an analyst, where it's a swerve you don't see coming. Because there's times where you see somebody get in the ring and there's that pause and you just know. If you really study, you just know, oh, this is about to be a heel turn. We already know. If you're taking too long to hit the guy with the chair, that means you're going to hit the other guy with the chair and turn on him. With this, you couldn't tell. You could not tell. Now, obviously, we're looking back on this with 2022 eyes. So we knew. But the way they presented it, if you were watching that live in 97, you had no fucking idea Kurt Henning was about to join the NWO. You didn't have a shitting clue because it was presented that well. And it's not every day a heel turn gets presented like that. Now, Mongo and Benoit get cuffed to the cage while the beatdown on Flair continues. Tony says the cage is locked and it is clearly wide open. So that was kind of stupid. Yeah. The cage door is locked. Uh, we can see it's open. Cameraman fucked you on that one. Uh, Kevin grabs the mic as they surrender. They say no. And the NWO beats him down some more. Buff demands Benoit say it. Benoit says, bite me. Nash then threatens to slam the cage door on Flair. And if they don't give up. And then Mongo finally yells, stop it. Stop it. They surrender. And the NWO wins the war games. Then Kurt slams the door on Flair's head. I thought that was a stupid finish. Buff says, how you feel now? Stupid to Benoit. Nash says they beat the horsemen and their backyard. Kurt Henning officially joins the NWO. Loved that that ending right there. That was cool. It was an ending to what yeah, was I mean, it, it what out, started. It worked out pretty best. This is yes. a match that started off incredibly shitty with horrible psychology. Overcame it in the end. All right. So make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Uh, pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com/slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be sure to check out the uh, male soap opera moment with our uh, predictions and recaps of WWE Extreme Rules. If you haven't seen those videos yet, go check them out. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our exclusive YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell. Be notified when future content will be posted. We've got episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. That's right. They're finally up there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you haven't seen them already, they're going to be out there. We got some out now. Some will be coming out soon. Um, I've got uh, all of them are up there except for one. And that's because we haven't recorded it yet. But once we get it recorded and edited, it will be up there for you guys to check out. So make sure you guys. Mr. Boudreaux, Mr. Boudreaux, does that mean what I think it means? What does that mean? Smut and filth. Yes, that means we need to record the smut and filth. Um, we just got to get the schedules aligned because there may or may not be somebody who wants to join us on that. We got to double check. But that's fine. We got this. We got the the last episode for now of Boochcast Reviews: Dark Side of the Ring uh, to record. But the rest of them are scheduled and up there. Some of them by now have already uh, been featured on the YouTube channel. Some of them will be coming soon. So make sure you come out. Also, uh, follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. It'll be live at 8 p.m. Uh, with the uh, War Games are going to be featured in that, which is kind of cool. Um, but, yes, uh, War Games! Yes. Now, we're still trying to get all the details figured out on where this watch party will be taking place. But either way, it will be coming the 26th. 
Also, we got our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that uh, is in the works, but it's almost done. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to say something. Okay. I, I am offended. Why? I'm offended because I am the only real booker on the fucking show, and I'm not in the booking battle. Well, that's because this is a uh, a score being settled between me and Elvis. So okay, okay, okay. Well, can we make this happen? I want winner. I want winner because I want to prove to the entire Boochcast Nation that there is only one real genius of wrestling in this entire group. The other ones are smart, are smart Mark, Spot Monkey, motherfucker, with the exception of you. <laughs> well, we'll uh, cross that bridge when we come to it. But uh, we got that. Out, all that coming up on twitch.tv slash the boochcast. Also, you can support the boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. We got uh, the first level, which is uh, 99 cents, $1 per month. Uh, the second level is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 $10 the same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States ever since over the Peacock you got nowhere to put that $9.99 so to that $9.99 bring it over here we got better content than the network and unlike all elite wrestling we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay and the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity we used to up Upgrade our equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed uh, Zach his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. I don't even know if that's even possible anymore at this point, but it's going to happen. Until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby and i'm the gator and i'll see you later yeah well i see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu adieu be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose Adieu, mon vieux, à la prochaine Goodbye till when we meet again